Thank you for listening to the CRE Exchange podcast powered by Altus Group. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by Altus Group, a global leader in asset and fund intelligence for commercial real estate. At Altus, we bring together capabilities across technology, analytics, valuations, tax, and development advisory services. We are guided by bold thinking, integrity, and inclusivity, partnering with CRE professionals to maximize opportunities with exceptional service experience. Find out more at altusgroup.com. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of the CRE Exchange. I'm Cole Perry, your host and senior market analyst at Altus Group, a leading provider of asset and fund-level intelligence. I'm joined by Omar Elsrai, our U.S. Director of Research. Together, we're going to share the latest news and trends in the U.S. commercial real estate market. Omar, it's good to be with you. Great to be here. Tell me a little about what caught your attention this week. Sure. Last week was pretty full, and I would say towards the end, there were a number of data releases that stood out to me. First two were really GDP Now, which had a print of uh, 5.57%, which is quite hot and pretty impressive for an annual rate, especially when you look back and think about maybe a year ago this time, we were all debating how deep the recession we would be in at this point, seeing a near 6% read on that gauge was something that definitely caught me by surprise. But then the second was the Z1 financial accounts report came out, which details the balances and financial position of households and pretty much the country at large. And what stood out to me there was that the household net worth was $145.9 trillion. This is largely driven by robust and a strong housing market in terms of price stability and I would say the persistent elevated prices in the housing market. But what was also notable here is that this is an all-time high and this is beating the first quarter of 2022 high of 144 trillion. It dipped over the last couple of quarters, but it has now reached a new peak. And the final thing coming out of that Z1 report is really that there's six trillion in money market mutual funds, which is an all-time high as well. And something on the surface, I'm a little bit perplexed by, but then as soon as you realize that money markets are returning 5% or above, it makes a little bit more sense. And then the final piece that came out last week that caught my attention is the Fed Beige Book in the latest installment. The Fed provides some color to different economic conditions. The Fed branches are seen across their regions. A number of notable trends were highlighted. First is consumer spending was higher than expected through the summer. It seems to have been a summer splurge that may have come at the cost of many consumers' savings. The second is supply chain delays seem to be remediating and continuing to improve. And this is allowing for healthier inventory levels to build up, but notably not for housing, as Cole and I have discussed on prior episodes. Then final kind of macro theme is that job growth across the different Fed branches is showing signs of cooling. Hiring is slowing, 
but many regions still noted that there is demand and it's difficult to find skilled workers in the skill sets that many employers are, are seeking. But one thing that the Fed Facebook also highlights and often provides good color on, or at least some color, is the CRE markets. And while in past installments of the the beige book, it's been a little bit more colorful. We got a lot of 50 shades of beige in this recent installment for commercial real estate. The reason I say that is because pretty much all of the Fed branches used various kind of unchanged, limited, stagnant, mixed. There, there weren't too many, I would say, inflection points noted. Commercial real estate across the different regions noted as being a bit lackluster, but not dramatically different from the prior period and from the prior installment. So that's something that I'll, we'll keep watching and we'll be sure to update you as they release more installments of the Beige Book. But this one in terms of real estate was not entirely notable. Cool. What were you paying attention to last week? I was paying attention to a lot of different things, but there were two big indicators that I was looking at to begin with related to labor. And those were labor costs and productivity. The kind of big theme here, productivity has really surged recently. And I think that's unique because a lot of people figured that with remote work, it, it might be the opposite. We might see productivity actually slow. It's turned out not to be the case. And that's offset cost growth in labor. So unit labor costs rose 2.2% for the second quarter. That was up from an initial estimate of 1.6%. But again, that was coupled with a jump in productivity. Non-farm employment productivity was up 3.5% in quarter two, 2023. And that was slightly below an estimate of 3.7%, not too different. However, the big note here is that it rose 1.3% year on year. And that is the first increase since 2021. So that's uh, big news for productivity gains. I was also looking at consumer credit. This is related to some consumer spending is that summer splurge we were talking about where folks are digging into savings. They're not just digging into savings. They're actually passing a lot of this off to credit cards. Consumer credit rose $10.4 billion in July and $9.6 billion of that was credit card debt. So that was down from a revised $14 billion gain in July. So credit growth is declining, but we really see inflation taking its toll. Consumers are, are now, like I said, covering these additional costs, either by digging into savings or putting these onto credit cards. We're seeing this kind of play out in the sort of field of essential good purchases. There was a one earnings call I paid attention to last week. There were a couple of big uh, news stories that came out about Kroger. So obviously one of the largest, if not soon to be the largest grocer in the United States. They beat on earnings, but underperformed on revenue expectations. They would have posted a $1 billion profit this quarter or quarter two, absent a uh, $1.4 billion fine paid out due to their pharmacy business and its role in the opioid crisis. But the same store sales rose just 1% year on year. So mixed bag of announcements there for Kroger but the one big note relevant to real estate, so they announced a divestiture of more than 400 stores in an attempt to propel their $25 billion acquisition of rival Albertsons. 
all that put together. So the announcement of their payment of that fine, in addition to their same store sales increasing slightly and their divestiture of a bunch of stores in that portfolio, their stock rallied on Friday. It was up about 3.1%. So what does this tell us about commercial real estate um, and where things are looking? Grocery in particular was really a kind of a green shoot for retail, real estate throughout the pandemic, because where all that previous demand for food from restaurants, that became channeled in directly into grocery. And so where you really thought retail might have struggled throughout the pandemic, it was pretty strong. And I think that's having some downstream impacts now. We're still, much like we were talking about some retailers like Home Depot and Lowe's that were operating on a pandemic era elevated level of spending. Now we're seeing inflation really take its toll on these retailers. And we're seeing now if this is extending into sort of essential goods like groceries, folks might be turning their attention to even lower cost establishments like Walmart, uh, for example, who had a very good quarter, comparatively speaking. So I was watching that one. That's one of the larger retailers that was outstanding in terms of their earnings. And I think grocery is one that we should keep an eye on in terms of the retail market. But lastly, I was looking at the short-term rental market. And so New York City has now put into effect Local Law 18. This has been a big story this week. There are some new restrictions on the short-term rental market, namely Airbnb or other online booking platforms for short-term stays. Though the city council rather perceive that short-term rentals are taking supply away from longer-term renters. So folks occupying these units and then running them back out to folks on a short-term basis. And now if you are going to host, you must register that unit and comply with some new regulations. Those new regulations are pretty interesting. So they limit the number of guests in a short-term rental to two. All doors throughout the unit must be unlocked and a host must be physically present. So if you read this on its surface, what it sounds like to me is an attempt at a de facto ban on short-term rentals. However, there's a big caveat to this. A lot of the previous iteration of short-term rentals in New York City were in theory also illegal. Enforcement is going to be a huge challenge for this. So will this impact or how might this impact the hotel and multifamily sectors? It's possible that it could be a boon for hotel. But again, we don't know how strictly or how even possible it might be to enforce these regulations. And I think that they estimate somewhere near 40,000 existing Airbnbs in New York City on the surface. That sounds like a drop in the bucket for the multifamily sector, but these are concentrated in some really desirable neighborhoods. We don't really know what kind of impact this might have. There's still a question mark around this law, but I think the thing I would want to know is, will other cities follow suit? If this does have some sort of impact or downward pressure on rents, I think you might see other cities follow suit. A lot of uh, questions outstanding, but this is one to keep a lookout for. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, Omar. Yeah, no, I think this is fascinating, right? This was something that it was passed over a year ago and it's coming into effect now. I'll be honest, I wasn't necessarily paying attention to it a year ago in January of 2022. But yeah, the rules seem really difficult to enforce. And I have a tough time 
seeing the city beefing up like some sort of special some enforcement in- agency yeah. for Airbnb. Sure. Exactly. To go make sure all the doors are unlocked. And I do think that I could see this being a hit to any of the platforms because you can't necessarily list or that I, I don't think you could blatantly list and say that you're going to be violating. But yeah, the enforcement is a big piece. And I'm I'm often impressed by the innovation that folks will think of in terms of whether that's legal battles and legal disagreements or potentially, I'd say, finding loopholes around this. I do think it would be great to see the New York hotel market recover. Absolutely. Definitely gotten hit quite hard during the pandemic. But I'm, as you mentioned, like this is a drop in the bucket, whether you're talking about affordable housing or also I have a tough time seeing this being the savior or the one thing that turns back the clock, brings back hotels. Thanks for highlighting that. Yeah, I think it's something that'll continue to develop. I read that most of these booking systems are going to honor the existing bookings out through December. So we'll see. Perhaps this might have some trickle down impacts on the types of commercial real estate like retail that really do perform pretty strongly in some of these, we'll call them like Airbnb heavy New York City neighborhoods. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Now, I know Altus just released a commercial real estate industry conditions and sentiment survey. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. This is a survey that the research team conducted. This is the inaugural quarterly survey that really spans across the U.S. and Canada, and it is intended to provide insights to market sentiment, conditions, metrics, as well as identify issues that are really affecting the commercial real estate industry as a whole. What I think is somewhat unique about this survey is unlike a lot of surveys that we've done in the past, we're super targeted in terms of which firms we're having participate. This one, we're casting a super wide net because we're trying to understand the individual practitioner's perspective to get a real pulse on the entire industry and up and down the capital stack. And so this is something that we have released the U.S. results and the Canada results. And if you want to see the results for both or participate in future surveys, check out the link in the show notes and you can find that there as well as a link to the survey participation page. You won't miss the future iterations of this. But there were a number of, I thought, takeaways that came out of the first survey. And the first takeaway is really that while outlooks have remained mixed in terms of the macro and the economic data that industry participants are seeing and digesting and dealing with every day, the CRE industry does seem to appear to be getting ready for action. And the reason why I say that is because 39% of the respondents noted that they're raising or deploying capital, while another seventh says that they're actively de-risking their portfolios. To me, the takeaway here is, and it seems some are getting ready to pounce, while others are- Try to get some of those distressed assets. Exactly. While others are hunkering down. And so this is the feast or famine conditions that we seem to be headed towards. The second point is really that you are starting to see expectations shift. We did a survey back in December, and the vast majority of respondents 
said that they were expecting a recession over the coming 12 months. Well, we at least close to nine months in and we're, we haven't. It's not quite here yet. Not yet. No, but we are starting to see expectations for challenges ahead get adjusted and really 80% of respondents noted that they're expecting moderately to significantly increased expectations for cap rates. Meanwhile, more than half of the respondents have dropped their expectations for rent and NOI growth over the last 12 months. And even though we've do- seem to have dodged a recession, the cash flow expectations and, and some of those core valuation metrics are still revised. I would say, I don't want to say down or up because ultimately cap rates are getting revised up and uh, cash flow growth is getting revised down, but there's still view for some challenges ahead. That said, it was very apparent that it's not doom and gloom mentality across the CRE industry. Respondents made it very clear that office is really the biggest area of concern in terms of property types and property sectors. However, the net sentiment was quite positive for a number of property types, notably self-storage and industrial still remain quite positive. And then the final piece that I'd call out before I, I don't want to give it all away, but and there is a lot more data and charts available in the show notes if you click the link, is that there is an expectation for increased distress over the next 12 months. However, that they are anticipating better buying opportunity or that there will be continued attractive opportunities. So reading those together, even though there are levels of uncertainty, there is a pretty pervasive level of uncertainty. It is not one that is driven entirely by fear and that many shops do seem to be prepared to jump on any sort of material repricing. So those are a few of the takeaways. I highly recommend check out the full details, the full survey. Hopefully folks will be able to participate in the future installments. Yeah, absolutely. And when might we expect that next survey? Sure. So the next survey should be going live in the the next couple of weeks. So before the end of September, and it will be open for bit over a month. You'll be seeing that come across pretty much all our channels and highly encourage you to participate. Sounds great. So look out for that in a few weeks, but what are you looking at this week? Sure. There are two inflation releases that I'm looking at on the 13th CPI and then on the 14th PPI. Also on the 14th, I'll be tuning into Lennar, which is a home builder because the housing market's been quite hot and I'm looking forward to hearing their earnings as well as hear their management team discuss the housing market and provide a little bit of color there. Cool. What are you, what are you looking at this week? So I'm mainly looking at the NFIB Small Business Optimism Index. And to give a little background, this focuses on questions about increasing employment, to making capital outlays, increasing inventories. And so I think really this is going to help us understand a little bit more about potential future demand for commercial real estate. But I'm also looking at, relatedly, retail sales and business inventories. So both of those are going to tell us a lot about 
what the future looks like or what the immediate future looks like for industrial and retail space demand. I'm looking at those, but I'm sure there will be some other indicators that'll pop up next week as well. But yeah, I'm looking to see how those are going to impact some of the sectors we've looked at this week. But Omar, I think that is all the time we've got today. Thanks for joining me. And I look forward to speaking with you next week on another exciting episode of CRE Exchange. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CRE Exchange podcast powered by Altus Group. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by Altus Group, a global leader in asset and fund intelligence for commercial real estate. At Altus, we bring together capabilities across technology, analytics, valuations, tax, and development advisory services. We are guided by bold thinking, integrity, and inclusivity, partnering with CRE professionals to maximize opportunities with exceptional service experience. Find out more at altusgroup.com.